All right, g'day everyone. Welcome to yet another episode of Off the Mark Cricket Podcast. My name is Nuan, and uh, for everyone joining in, we thank you once again for your company. We've been out of action for a little while. I guess life just gets in the way, and we've just been a bit busy with uh, with work and obviously our own lives. But we're back once again, and uh, there is always a lot of cricket to discuss. Um, alongside me, I have a really, really awesome mate of mine. Never, never a dull moment chatting cricket with him. Sanjeet, great to have your company once more. Oh, it's great to be back. Been a while. Um, really looking forward to, to chatting. A lot's happened since we last caught up, yeah. mainly that uh, you made uh, a good 50. In oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that was, the, uh, <clears throat> that was the game that got us into the semis. Um, that was, yeah, that was, that was mm. nice. But then my scores after that were back to my usual ways of batting, uh, making stupid errors when I'm <laughs> between wickets, but we'll hopefully fix them up for the next season. But um, look, let's talk about cricketers that have probably achieved a bit more than us. Um, <laughs> in our time. Oh, I mean, how many how many weeks in a row you get run out in Zaman? Oh, look. <laughs> look, look. You know what? I'm so bad at judging people listening. It, I, th- I think it's I've, I think it's I think it's 3 weeks in a row. Yeah, I've been out. out yes, every, the last 3 weeks I've been run out 3 times and I think all 3 of them were my fault. Like like he, here's what I think. I think I'm fast, but I'm not that fast. So um Oh, you're fast, <laughs> are you? <Yeah>. Anyway. <laughs> well, We'll, uh, we'll, we'll, we'll chat about some cricketers who obviously achieved a bit more than us. Um, so obviously, you know, the recently concluded England versus India test series in India um, has been a huge talking point in the cricket world. And although the leg of that tour has now reached the T20 stage, um, the tests, which were the main focal point, deserve a big mention. Um, most, most prominently would be discussions around the pitch uh, which the opposition England have made a lot of complaints about. Um, it's a, it's an interesting talking point because, you know, it appears as though whenever, you know, countries come to India to play test series, you, you are expecting a, a turning track. And yet England just, you know, when they, when they died um, from the second test onwards, uh, their main complaint was this, this pitch is unplayable. Um you know, so Sanjay, what I want to ask you is that, like, you know, what, you know, what, what's wrong with the turning track? Um, you know, does and does England have any right to complain, given that they did win the first test in Chennai, where Joe Root made a double ton on a track that was turning square? Um, do you think England's issues with the pitch are justified, or do you reckon they were just, you know, they just played very poorly? I'd say, I'd, oh, a bit, a bit of both. I mean. They played in pitches just like that in Sri Lanka, I think, just before coming mm. to India. They were turning square, and, you know, they played really well. They, they beat Sri Lanka. Joe Root made a bajillion runs, and he did exactly in the first test as well, I think, 200 again. Um, I mean, India, yeah, I, I think that the, the decks are fine. Uh, the only one I have an issue with is that is that is the, is the day-night test. Mm-hmm. You should not be having a test end in two days. That's absurd. Yeah. yeah. It's ridiculous. Um, that's probably the only one I'd have a complaint with. But outside that, I, I don't really see a problem with it, right? It's not as if both teams were getting, again, third test aside, it's not as if both teams were getting bundled out for 70, 80 every, every time. You know, India was still finding a way to make runs. Occasionally, an England batsman was making runs. Um, you know, I think, uh, what's the keepers? Now, Ben Folks made a good 40. Mm. There's a couple of decent sort of individual contributions from their side. And, I mean, the main thing is, like, Ashwin made 100 batting at eight. You know, That's it just shows that if you actually apply yourself and really have the patience, mm. that runs can be made. Mm-hmm. Um, 
And I, I kind of got, and it's probably just the state of where where cricket journalism is at, you know, the hyper coverage of the game, right? It's just everything was pitch, 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 mm. pitch this, pitch that. Like, mm. just, it's, both teams have to bat on it, mm-hmm. right? Um, and you don't see this much, this many complaints when you come over to England and you see a grassy deck um, doing virtually, it's 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 virtually doing the same thing, but for English home conditions, right? Mm. Um, I think we need to move on from this sort of basic. Oh, if this pitch doesn't meet my expectations, it's a bad pitch. Mm. Um, didn't think there was anything wrong with them. Mm. Um, I think it's just a nature of poor batting from England, poor application, and just mixing their batting order and changing it almost every test, and resting players as well in and out as yeah. if it's just some sort of practice. You you know whatever. Like I think like. Jo- Johnny Bairstow should be batting three. No. Joss Butler was rested. They switched their opening combi- combination. Yep. They switched their number threes. Mm. Um, it's all over the place. So can it, it's a recipe for disaster and has nothing to do with the pitch. Do you think? Do you think dropping Moeen or sending? They sent Moeen, uh, Moeen Ali back to England after the first or second test after he bowled that beauty to Virat Kohli. Was that a, was that a good move? I mean, I wouldn't say he's like a. So I, I, so I, I'm. Pr- well, he didn't, he didn't get sent home so much as... I think he wanted to go home because he'd already had a pretty grim tour. He got COVID upon arrival Goodness me. in Sri Lanka, yep. basically isolated the entire tour. Mm. Um, and Moeen's had some 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 struggles with his with his career and his, in his and test cricket and just his belief, mental health, all that sort of stuff. Yes. So I think it kind of just took its toll on him. And, and he actually had a... He had a really good game, the one test he played. I think he got eight wickets for the game mm. and smashed like 40 off, honestly, off like 10 balls, yeah. 15 balls, something absurd. Like, mm. he actually bowled and batted really well, but you kind of know you're going to get that with Moeen Ali. Like, mm. he's not going to be a bowler that's going to, you know, tie down an end mm-hmm. um, and, you know, bowl made and after made, and he's an attacking off spinner. And yeah. I don't think there's anything wrong with that. And I think he cops a bit of a harsh rap, but do you think? The, I think he's a really talented cricketer. Do, do you, and, it, and they suffered for it because... Mm. Do you think England expect... They, they suffered for... That's fair. That's fair. I was going to ask, do, do you think England expect too much of Moeen at times? Like, do you think, like, they expect... Yes. Yeah, like, they, they treat him like he's a he's a Ravi Ashwin. Um, and then expect, he's, you know, he's not going to get you 100 every game. He's not going to get you 5 for every game. But mm. I think there's something really valuable in a player. And Australia's had many of them over the years that kind of get discarded. Mm. But I think there's real value in a player that can get you 20, 30, 40, and, you know maybe three or four wickets a game, right? Mm-hmm. He might occasionally have a worldie and, you know, get yeah, 10 wickets a game or make 100 or do something amazing, right? But that shouldn't be his benchmark. Yeah. Um, and I think he's suffering from that being made his benchmark. Mm. And it's even worse when they drop... Um, who was their spinner in the in the first test um, that they dropped? Uh, Dom Bess. Dom Bess. Right? They basically dropped Bess yeah. in, in no uncertain terms telling him after he took... How many wickets did he take? He took five from the game, right? He didn't yeah. bowl that badly. Yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah. he's got this habit of bowling a heap of shit combined with some really good balls. Yeah. But they've dropped him basically saying, you're not good enough. Mm. Um, and then they're in this really awkward position where because Moeen's had to go home, they're now kind of recalling him with it with their tail between their legs saying, look, you're our only option. Yeah. And that can only be bad for a, a, a young spinner, right? Yeah. You need your backing of your players, your, your, your captain, your management. Mm. Um and I think they just ballsed up team composition from the start, like yeah. completely, like that day night test. I know it ended in three days, but they had what two two pacemen? Yeah, no, three. They went in with three pacemen. Yes, on on that deck. Whereas in, India had India had one. Yeah, that. No, oh, yeah. Sorry, two. two they had yeah, yeah. 
That Bumrah was... and Sharma, but they had Sundar, Ashwin, and Patel, three spinners, and yeah. England went in with one, meaning Joe Root had to bowl. Now, mind you, Joe Root getting five for eight tells you about that, as much. Yeah, I think I think that, that yeah, that's know. where the 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 discussion around the pitch started. I felt when when uh, Joe Root got that five for and only considered eight runs. That's when people like your Michael Vaughans and Petersons and uh, you know Nasser Husseins were like, okay, this game is rigged. There's something wrong with the pitch. This can't be happening. Um, and, and fair enough, like, you know, but we've seen part-timers get, get truckloads of wickets before. I remember Michael Clark, um, was that at the SCG? Six for nine. Yeah, right? And and no and nobody said anything about the SCG wicket then um, against India. Um, but I, I mean, so a question I ask you, right, because you, ju- you just said that, you know, that all these England pundits are coming out saying almost that the pitch has been doctored, it's mm, been rigged, yep, et cetera. Yep. I, I mean, so, I mean... Well, what do you expect, right? If if India need to win this series to get into the Test Championship final, yes, um, would you expect them to to make a pitch that's going to help out the opposition? <laughs> oh, I mean, definitely. it may not be the sporting thing to do, but one one way to look at it, right, is after they got their ass handed to them in the, in the first Test, yes, it's basically in a perverse way, it's a compliment to England to say we're not going to make you a pitch that is even remotely competitive because you might actually win. Well, yeah, right? it's a they've basically made pitches. That are so helpful to them because they're like we, we we can't lose this. Yeah, but you know the and the interesting thing though is that like even I was watching highlights and I was watching some of the, those games live. Um, it, it, there weren't a lot of balls that were turning, Sanjay. Um, you know it was the odd one that was turning. Ah, the old straight one. Yeah, it was turning. The, it was the odd one that was turning away from from the bat. And uh, Harsha Burgle summed it up nicely when he said on air that there is a pandemic in this England and India Test series, and it's called the straight ball. <laughs> It's getting everyone. <laughs> of course. <laughs> no, that, look, oh, that, no that, that was pretty like cool. Like, I, I rate that. I rate that. Because it was true. Like, you know, Zach Crawley, um, all these guys were getting out to just the straight one from AXA. Um, you know, even Ashwin as well. There weren't any big players. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, AXA was, AXA was bowling straight ones. Yeah. Um, I mean, he bowled really well. I'm not saying he bowled, bowled poorly, but... Yeah, it's almost the, the the straight ones that it was the ones that were turning that were putting the seed of doubt, I guess, in the That's batsman's the thing. mind. Yeah. Um, but some of the shots were just absurd. I think it was yeah, it was Dom Sibley. I think in the mm. in the third test, mm. he's like seven off about thirty or forty balls, or it might have even been Zach Crawley. Actually, no, it was Zach Crawley in the last test. Yeah. He's nine off forty, and he's just absolutely run down the wicket and tried to bomb Axar Patel over mid on like. What are you doing? It's yeah. a test. It's a test match. Bat like it's a test match. Mm. Um, like there's no need to be just running down the wicket. You can't attack your way out in a spinner unless you've got something really special. Mm. There's not many people that can do that. There's probably only one on either side at the moment, and that's probably Rishabh Pant that can just bat his way and attack his way yeah. out of trouble. And that's the thing. That's why I feel like England have no have no right to complain about the pitch because you had Washington Sundar make ninety six not out. You had uh, Pant make a hundred one not out. You had Ashwin make a hundred as well. Um, make a hundred. Axar made forty five, batting at nine. Yeah. Like, you know. But then you dig your heels in, and yeah. there are runs to be had. Yeah, I think. I mean, if we look at it from a finger spin perspective, like an analysis, like when I was watching the way England's spinners are bowling compared to India's, I feel like England's spinners are actually getting more turn. Um, I watched the way Dom Best was bowling and the way Jack Leach was bowling, and they were getting really good turn. The issue is that similar to Nathan Lyon or similar to Australian spinners. They, they, they have a huge lack of control, um, I find. So, like, you know, like you said, Don Best was bowling some really nice ones, and then he just bowls that really trash ball. 
that gets dispatched and suddenly all the hard work is is, is wasted. Um, yeah, and, and Jack Leach was doing it as well to a degree. Like, he'd bowl probably not as often as Bess, you know, not one and over, but you'd see he'd bowl probably nine or ten dots and then just be, there'd be this rank one way outside off short and yeah. wide. And it's like, it undoes all... And I'm not saying you've got to be perfect, but it really undoes all the work when you're bowling that regularly, one or every, one every couple of overs. Because if you're the batsman, you say, well... I have just have to survive yep. the good ones, and I will get that shit one, and that's yeah. really great for your confidence. Hundred percent. I think um, you know when I yeah, like I, I noticed that like guys like Ashwin and Aksa Patel, you know, they weren't really turning it big. Um, but the you know what what's admirable about India's finger spin is that they're so bloody accurate. Like when they when they looked at the pitch map, they're literally in that same spot, ball after ball. And they only turn it like a fraction, but that's all you need to, to get an edge or put a seed of doubt, like you mentioned earlier. And I think that's where that's what England need to 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 really work on. Um, and instead of complaining about the pitch, they, if they if they learnt to play on those wickets and and if you know Bess and and Jack Leach and you know even Joe Root to a lesser extent, if they'd done the hard yards and just sort of worked on pitching the ball in one spot, um, then you know that would have helped England out a lot. One thing I'll say, this is something I personally think. I think Dom Bess has the potential to be a better off-spinner than Axa. Um, now, it doesn't look that way at the moment because Axa absolutely dominated. But if you look at the way... If you look at... Um, this is me getting all technical again. But if you look at Dom Bess's off-spinning action, um, it's a very classical action. It's an action that... Like, he gets a really nice natural curve, natural loop. Um, he gets way more revs. He gets that nice turn. If he had Axar's accuracy, he'll be unplayable. Because when he gets that ball to turn past the bat, it turns quite sharply. With Axar, he gets it to turn, but you can see the ball turning. And a lot of the England batsmen could just safely, mm. like, just leave it. Whereas with Dom Bess, I saw the likes of Pujara and Kohli pressing forward, and they're like, oh, goodness me, it spun past my bat, right? Um, that's just something I've noticed. Goodness me. <laughs> um, that's just something I've noticed um, about... Yeah, Don Bess is bowling, but he but he just bowls too many rank balls, and that just frustrates me. I mean, I'm I'm also a finger spinner myself, as you know, but um, <laughs> but you know, it's just one of those things. Um, but look, other talking points. Who do you reckon was your standout batsman um for the England India Test series for England? For England, it was Root, and I mean, I say that he probably he had uh, maybe two. Two good innings, mm. um, and by good I mean you know double hundred. Mm-hmm. Um, he was amazing in that first test, and I think he slowly kind of faded as the as the tour went on, but was their best still by far. Mm. Um, I think he pretty much got a start in most games, barring a couple where he might have been done in early. But um, yeah, he was he was the best by far in terms of their their batting and, and their bowling. I. I I don't really know, to be honest. It's probably Jack Leach. <coughs> Jack Leach had a pretty good year. I mean, a pretty good two, um, uh, test series. He had eighteen wickets, I think. So, yeah. um, and he bowled. He bowled like he bowled well. I don't. I don't think he bowled badly as such. No. Um, it's just he probably didn't have have the support that, you know, you, we we say you know it's great that Axar is building pressure and whatnot. But again, you got Ashwin at the other end also building that pressure, and mm. you know, it's a team game at the end of the day. Yeah, we might see you know six wickets in Axar's column or seven in Ashwin's or whatever it might be, but one builds pressure, the other will get the wickets. Right, that's mm. the way it is, and I don't think that Leach had that support at times as well, especially with 
Anderson and Broad switching in and out every couple of tests. John yeah. Archer being out after the first test injured. Like I just don't think he had the the support to build that pressure. Yeah, no, I definitely agree with you. I think um, Jack Leach was definitely the pick of England spinners. I think he seemed to understand how to ball on those wickets better than he's he's you know he's he's other. Um, supporting bowlers, um, he did manage to land the ball in that area often enough and get that turn. Um, especially against Punt, he was quite lethal because obviously the ball is uh, turning into him. Um, so that was that was mm. that was good too. I think yeah, it's funny you mentioned that Joe Root was the best bat for England because I don't know, I don't think apart from that first test, I felt like we saw that magnificent double ton and then we went back to seeing like the old twenty seventeen route. Or the 2018 route that couldn't get a run, um, so I don't know. Like Joe Root, we we all know he can bat, but then like when his team really needed him, um, he just seemed to fade away. Like he got 40, yes, in the first 40 and 218, where the bulk of his runs came. But then you know, second test, um, 33 in the second innings, and then uh, let's see, he got. That's the know. thing. There's a lot of starts there. That's There's the a thing. lot of starts yeah. there. He got in yeah. the fourth test. He got a. He got a five and a thirty again. Mm. I think, yeah, it's just a lot of starts, which I, I agree is um is an issue. But I mean, having you could probably cut him some slack having made three double tons in the past probably four or five tests. Um, and when you look at the rest of his side making honestly nothing in some cases, yeah, um, it's probably the least of their worries. But I I, I do see a point. But it's I, I, it's kind of like well, who else was there, right? There's a couple of nice innings from Dan Lawrence, a nice one from. From Crawley, from folks, mm. there's all these sort of flashes of brilliance. We're like, oh, you know, there's a bit of bit of fight here, and then there'd be nothing after that. So, um, yes, yeah, st- I'd, I'd still stick stick with Joe. Joe is your best bat. I, I feel like maybe Ben Stokes might mm. deserve mention. I mean, he scored fifties in very trying circumstances, and um, yeah, it's a fair point. Seem to you know try and prop up. He's a really talented cricketer yeah. as it is. Yeah, he pops up. Got a couple of forfers, I think, in the when he was bowling. I think he was under bowled in the first two tests. Yeah. I don't know if he was injured or or not, because mm. he only bowled about five or six overs, and then he you know, by the last test he bowled twenty eight and opened the bowling with Anderson. Yeah. And he can move it both ways. Mm-hmm. So I was surprised. I don't really know the full story in the first couple of tests. If he was injured, that's a shame because it really denied England. But um, yeah, he was really good both with bat and ball. If we look at let's have a look at the the home team. Um, I feel like Virat Kohli. I mean, he's he's doing well now, obviously in the T Twenties, and he's getting some form back, and he's uh you know, getting batting like the Virat Kohli we do know, but uh, he had a pretty quiet one um, by his own lofty standards in the Test series, um, scoring two ducks, uh, in uncharacteristic Kohli fashion. Uh, what do you make of, yeah? What do you make of King Kohli's? No, oh, I mean. One of them was in very characteristic Coley fashion because he got bold and then reviewed it, and he's probably the only <laughs> bloke in world cricket that can get away with doing that. Um, just, just so like it was an amazing ball from Moeen, but make no mistake, it was a horrendous <coughs> shot. I mean, um, he's absolutely tried to uh, to smash it through the covers, and it's turning into him. So it was a horrendous shot. But yeah, just the just the the noose to then come out and look at the umpire confused it's and like... somehow <coughs> force the umpire to. To, to go to the third, um, to, to go for the video replay of yeah. the ball he's been clean bowled is, I think, hilarious, um, but also shows his standing in India. It's just the... Um, it's just the... Yeah, it was very interesting. I think he... I don't know I don't know whether he was out of form so much as he was just finding ways to get out. Sometimes batsmen just... It just happens, right? You just... You make a, a nice little 60 or 50 in mm. between, and then you just find ways to get out. I don't think it's panic stations yet. And as you said, you know, we were having this conversation a couple of days ago. Yeah, we were. Oh, shit, you know. He's struggling a bit. And then, of course, he makes 70 off... 
50 or 40 in the 2020 <laughs> and you know all is well with the world again but um it is interesting it's probably the longest form slump i say with italics um in quotation marks whatever you want to put it that i've seen him in because he didn't he got a 50 again in, in the in the first test here um mm. before he left and i don't know that he was making big I, runs before that yeah. so um i don't i don't think yeah. i don't think collie is capable of a form slump i've never heard i've never seen the words form slump next to collie's name he just has like a few games without a couple of runs but then he's back i i, I don't know he's just <clears throat> he's just we, we could do we could do a whole episode on him in in, in general really um He's oh, it's it's the same with him and Steve Smith, right? They they both held to such a high standard. I remember mm-hmm. he, Coley got out for eighty in one of the one days here in Australia before the Test series, and the commentators were like, "Oh, we're talking about as if it's a failure." You know, he's Coley's hasn't had a big one tonight. I'm like, he's made eighty. Like, and it's the same <laughs> with Smith, right? And Coley, it's the same sort of reaction when they make a duck or a really low single figure score. Everyone's just so confused. They're like, what? What's <laughs> happened? How has this happened? And it's like. They're, they're humans too. Um, I mean, we'd all love them to make 50s and 100s every game, but it's... It's cricket, Unfortunately, it? I don't think that's how cricket works. If it did, it'd be a lot easier. Um, but yeah, I think, yeah, it's an interesting one. But it's a good thing for India that, you know, they're winning games when he's not making runs or he's not but a that's key the contributor. Thing, isn't it? That's the thing. I think, um, I was, you know, I was about to write an article on this. I reckon India has the potential. You know how, like, every nation well not every nation but there are obviously certain nations that have dominated cricket for a long period of time we had the west indies for like 15 years in australia for 10 years i reckon india the way they're going and the amount of depth they have and the ability they have to adapt to any conditions around the world if they're going the way they're going now i reckon india could dominate be like the world number one team for at least two decades what, what are your thoughts on that two decades yeah jeez um, I reckon. Like, let's say, uh, as in, I agree. I, I agree with that. The first part. I don't know that they can be as dominant for that long because I think I think gone are the days of one team being a superpower in terms of on-field performance. Just because the I think the gap between between the top three or four sides is really closing. Is um, it? It's just is like it an though? arms race, right there. Is it there? Is it? I, I, I think so. This is what I was going to count to you just a little bit. Like, I, I don't think that. I think the golf is expanding i think india is slowly breaking away from new zealand england australia i i, I feel that i don't know why I, I i feel like you know uh, india has just come up at another level i think if more tests as india plays more tests we'll see them dominate more and more and more um like i think prior to this, yeah, yeah i think so mm. I, I agree with that but i would also say that i don't think that that's because of um, them, you know, having more power or anything like that. I think it's just happened to come at a time when, make no mistake, they're playing amazing cricket, but Australia is still, I think Australia has not found its its best. I think it's it's they're not they're not anywhere as good as they they normally are. Um, I think New Zealand haven't had a chance to show how good they are because of the way the ICC treat them. Yes. Um, and I think England are now coming back into test cricket after a genuinely a four almost a three or four year period of not giving a shit about it because they focused solely on the world cup which obviously was a success because they won that and that's be, that's the reason now england don't have a, a sound number one a number two a number four a number five like mm. their 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 whole team composition is up in the air because i think they've just not given test cricket the the credence that it deserves for a while and now i think they're finding their feet um, so I think now is it, you're right though. It's almost all these factors are like a perfect storm for India to dominate for years and years and years. Um, whether it's twenty years, I don't know. I don't think it'll be that long. Um, 
But I think yeah, you're right. This is well, this is India's maybe, time. Maybe not, maybe truly. not twenty years, but I think they will have. I believe that they have the capability to have the longest period of dominance of any nation in Test cricket. So the longest is the West Indies for fifteen years. I think from nineteen seventy five. Probably go. It's probably equal with West Indies and Australia, to be honest. Yeah, but I think I believe um, India has the capability to extend that. They could probably dominate for at least sixteen, seventeen years. I believe they they have that they have the capability. I mean, if you look at the depth, like you know, you saw Ishan Kishan um, in the T Twenty series. Um, that young kid, you know, we saw Natarajan. All these guys coming out of nowhere and just like dominating, performing. Um, you know, guys like obviously Shubman Gill. I think it's just the way Indian Indians India's grassroots cricket is just set up. I and, think and to have and this is why this I'm sort of long term dominance, right? Yeah, and this is why I'm telling you they're gonna dominate yeah. for a while. Like let, let let's say let's say India, uh, Australia, England, New Zealand are in like a bike race, right? They each they're represented by a bike rider. Right now they're all in the peloton. They're all like jostling for a spot in the front. And now India is slowly breaking away from the pack. Like they're just slowly edging out. And 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 very soon they'll be like by themselves, and nobody will be able to catch them. I believe, um, but that is if they keep going the way they're going right now. Now, if they come to exactly, yeah. I was going to say that because yeah. I think this could all come crashing down. You put them in a nice, nice little test series in England in the middle of July. Yeah. Um, if they compete and do well there, that's when I absolutely will agree with you. Yeah. Um, because because then at the same time, if they don't, they crash in a heap. It could just be same old India, right? It just could be that they had an amazing sort of once-in-a-lifetime series in Australia and then obviously dominated everyone at home as they do. Yeah. Um, so I'm really interested to see how they go uh, yeah. in sort of an England tour. But I totally agree. That's It's set up for... It's such a young side, Kohli and... I think Kohli, Pujara and Rohit Sharma aside, it's a very young side. I'm, yeah, Kohli, Pujara, Rahane... It, yeah, it's a young, young it's a young side, but they they play so maturely. Like they play according to the conditions, and at the moment they have excellent leadership. Um, you know, and and what I love about this Indian team Thanks. is they have a lot of belief. You know, they're not like the Indian teams of the early to mid two thousands. Like you'd often lament over over how like you know meek they were and how they just sort of fold and stuff like that. Um, this Indian team has a lot of self belief. It's almost turning into a meme how they can all bat and bowl. It's getting it's it's a joke. It's like oh, <laughs> Washington Sundar bats eight for India, but he opens the batting in first class cricket. Oh, Axar Patel's batting nine, but he plays the finisher role at like six in state one day games. It's like they can, it's absurd. It's they're all they can all bat. They can um, do everything, can't they? And I think that's really, yeah. It's what's really helping them out, right? Like Ashwin's your number eight, and he's got five Test hundreds. Exactly. Right? Washington Sundar's your, your your nine in some cases, and he's come close already to 100 probably should have got yeah. it if it wasn't for his idiot teammates down the bottom um <laughs> and like Aksak patel can also bat like Aksak patel averages 30 in first class cricket yeah at the bat yeah, yeah. he's just number nine or ten like it's stupid that's what i'm saying um, man that's what I'm anyway saying. yeah that's what i'm saying I think, I mean, uh, like, all i'll say is yeah, I, will, I will not be surprised if we are in like our late 40s and india is still the number one number one team in the world i would not be surprised if that was the case um shit that'd be boring wouldn't it? What's that? Wouldn't that be boring? Fourteen years of the, <laughs> yeah. just India winning. I mean, I didn't have a problem with it when I guess when it was Australia doing it, but um, it would be quite yeah, irritating. It's, 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 it would be quite irritating, definitely. Ah, it would be for you. It would be for you. Oh, hundred um, percent. While Sri Lanka battles in the G grade of the Associates oh, Nations. All right, all right. Look, look, we we will touch on that 
on Sri Lanka some other time, and yes, they are playing some very poor cricket of late. But look, um, let's um, let's keep chatting about some key. Anyway, players. I want to I want to talk to you. I want to talk to you about James Anderson. No, I was about to get I to, talk that. to you about I was this like, man. let's let's um, talk about how brilliant this guy is because, despite playing in conditions that are not suited to his bowling at all, this guy has been a superstar for England. And uh, yeah, no, by all means, um, you know how how good is he? Oh, mate, it's 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 ridiculous. Like the how good he's become. I, I remember seeing him in the 2006 Ashes. You know, it was, he was probably about two or three years into his career. And granted, that was obviously 15 years ago. Mm. Like, but I remember just he was he was no good, mm. um, and he was genuinely no good for a while up until about sort of 2007, eight, nine. That's when he started really getting consistent. And now yeah. it's just uh, he's one of the most skillful bowlers I've ever seen. Um, you know he doesn't he doesn't bowl as fast as he used to. He doesn't come off as much of a long run up. He doesn't bowl as long spells. Doesn't even play every game right. They wheel him out every couple of games. But it's mm. amazing his control. And and I don't know if you saw that that over he bowled to Rahane where he made a complete mockery of him. Um, actually <laughs> sent his stumps flying. And it's just that level of control. And he's what 30, 38 now it's or 38, something. Thirty eight. Yeah. Um, and his control is just getting better and better. Mm. Um, I, I was looking at his his, his economy rates. Right in test in test cricket, mm. and for me, I think that's a really good indicator. Um, and since I have to go back to two thousand and twelve, yeah. Sorry, if I go back to two thousand and since two thousand and ten, mm. he's only given away more than three runs and over in a, in a year of test cricket once in one year. Outside of that, he's gone on unders at three, and he's currently going at one point seven at the moment. Yeah, freak, um, freak stuff. He's building pressure, and he's just yeah. It's just you can't get runs off him. He's averaging twelve with the ball this last season with Tesco, he was 25 last year and he has just gotten so good since he turned turned 30 it's it's ridiculous um i think there's some stats here before he turned 30 average 30 with the ball mm. after he's turned 30 he's averaging 23 with the ball he's taken 343 wickets in 80 tests that's, that's phenomenal it's a joke that's, that's... Um, eight, 18 five wicket holes <laughs> like it's just it's a phenomenal record um and, you know, people keep throwing out this, the old, oh, you know, he's a home track bully, mm. et cetera. But, I mean, he's been doing it now long enough to show that he really isn't, you know. No, not at all. He's got, natu- naturally, he's better at home than away. Yes. As you'd expect. Yes. Um, but he averages 23 with the ball at home and just under 30 away. That, that's, that, um, that's, that's peak. Which, yeah. That's that's world class in anyone's. It's fantastic, place. and and I mean he's on six hundred and fourteen wickets now. Do you, do you, how much longer do you reckon he'll go? He's, he could, he could go forever. Look where he's going. I reckon he might do a Chris Gale, and I wouldn't be surprised if he's still playing at the age of forty or forty one. Um, you know, if he keeps up the fitness and stuff like that. I think what I love about James Anderson, just from a technical perspective, is he has a very simplistic action. I don't think he's ever been injured a lot compared to other fast bowlers. Um, I mean, I'm sure he's been injured. Yeah, that's how you play 160 tests, right? Yeah, like he absolutely. You have injuries, right? But his his longevity is almost unmatched, right? It's, that's the thing. Fast bowlers should not be playing 160 tests. No, that's, that's a the joke. thing. You know, I think it was Imakram played like maybe a hundred odd. Um, he he didn't play as many as uh, as Anderson, but even then, Wazim Makram played for like 19 years. And um, when they asked him, "How did you stay injury free as a fast bowler?" Wazim Makram just said, "It's all in the action," and that's what I love about James Anderson. Uh, Anderson. He has a very simple, repeatable, beautiful bowling action, and it's just it's it's good to watch him bowl. Um, very skillful bowler. He's very fit. Like he's just there's a there's a beautiful consistency to the way he plays. Um, he's just reliable, excellent control of the ball, 
outswing, inswing, you name it. He's a thinking fast bowler. And, um, you know, I've seen those five-wicket hauls he's taken during Ashes series in England, and it's just, he's unplayable. At times, he's literally unplayable. Like, you don't know what you're going to get with him. Um, yep. Yeah, it's amazing. It really, really is. You know, and, you know, um, pe- pe- people do try to criticise him and say that, like you mentioned, that he only performs well in England, and one of those critics is Shane Warne. I think there was this d- debate with Ishiguro he had on Fox Cricket, where there were... Um, debating over whether McGrath-Lee was a better opening combo compared to Broad and Anderson. Um, I'd go with Broad and Anderson. Um, I'd probably go Broad and Anderson, but mm. I'd still say McGrath was the better bowler than Anderson. I think regardless of wickets taken yeah. and um, tests played, I just think McGrath was on another level. Mm. Um, just obviously didn't play. If, if McGrath had played 160 tests, he would have had 700 wickets. Oh, easily, um, yeah more um i think mcgraw was on another level um but yeah i'd probably take for for consistency for just sheer excellence and when they're on in and 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 that sort of when they're on they're on kind of aspect i'd go anderson and broad both of them have the capability to blow a game apart in the space of half an hour particularly broad who Mm. obviously doesn't get as much light lit light shone on him Mm. um uh because he bowls with anderson but uh yeah i'd take them that's awesome. No, I mean, what's mm. what's one of your favorite Anderson moments, or like what what has been something that really stood out to you when you when you watched um, him bowl? Oh, I think for me, it's just the unnerve. It's the unwavering line and line and length with swing. Like it's mm. in, in England, it's notable swing, and it's really just he comes off like ten steps. It's just like a metronome. Off he goes, and just just doing loops, and it's it's really impossible to score. Mm. Um, but my favorite Anderson moment. Isn't even that great, but it's a video on YouTube where <laughs> Mitch Johnson absolutely makes an ass of himself because he turns to Anderson midway through the Ashes oh, and yes. says, "Why aren't you chirping? You're not getting any wickets." That's and the Anderson one. bowls. I think Ryan Harris yeah, that yeah, ball. Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, it's not a huge wicket, but it's just hilarious because you know tests can go for five days and you never know when you're going to get a wicket. Yes. But he just happens to get one the next ball and just turns around and just sort of shushes yeah. <laughs> uh, Mitch Johnson with that. It's hilarious. Um, uh, he's a good. He's, he's a good guy. He lets. He, yeah. he definitely lets his bowling do the talking. Um, and I'll be honest, I honestly thought he was a shit bowler when he first played for England. I remember in high school when he um, played in that 06, 07 Ashes and he got absolutely pummeled everywhere. Um, and, you know, all the commentators were like, why is this bloke playing for England? Um, when he was like in his early days, he was quite yeah, yeah, yeah. hittable. But no, fantastic bowler. You know, hopefully we'll get to see him a bit more um, before he retires. But yeah, no, phenomenal cricketer for England. Definitely one of their all-time greats. Um, another another bloke I want to talk about just very quickly is uh, Rishabh Pant, um, a young batsman for India who's been getting a lot of publicity and uh, appears to be on a very meteoric rise. Um, you've done a bit of research and you've looked into his career. It hasn't always been this way for Rishabh, has it? No, I mean, people didn't like him. Yeah. People hated him. They used to chant Dhoni when he... Hey? When he just came out to bat, yeah. they used to chant Dhoni's name. And I mean, if you go back to like, I think episode one of our podcast is like five minutes of me potting him, saying how shit his keeping is, et yeah. cetera, et cetera. I don't think his keeping is still phenomenal. I don't think it's that great, but he more than makes up for it with his batting. Um, and I mean, you go back seven tests, he wasn't even in their best lineup. Mm. And now he's arguably one of their most indispensable members, um, most one of the most important Um and you know, I think I said to you before the podcast, there's only three cricketers or three wicket keepers in the history of the game that have a Test hundred in India, in Australia, and England. Yeah. One of them is Rishabh Pant, and the other is Adam Gilchrist. So yeah, that's, that's pretty, um, that is some very sweet company. elite company. 
Um, do you reckon Rishabh Pant has the potential to, I don't know, perhaps carve out maybe 10, 15 years at this level, given the, the amount of talent we've seen in him at the moment? Or do you reckon he would just... Absolutely. I mean, he's he's played 20 tests. He's 23 and he averages 45 with the bat. I mean, he, he has the potential. If he, if he can work on his wicket-keeping to make it such that he's not making like five, six, seven mistakes a game, yeah. whatever it might be, one noticeable mistake... He could be one of, if not the greatest wicketkeeper batsman India's ever had. Um, yeah, right. Uh, I, like I, I think, I think his batting currently shows far more mature. Currently, at age twenty three, mm. shows more maturity than Dhoni's did at the same age. Yeah, right. Um, now Dhoni had far better glove work, and Dhoni was obviously extremely destructive when he got going. But yeah. Dhoni was sort of only only came to the fray sort of twenty six, twenty seven ish. Rishabh Pant is so young. He's so young in cricket terms. Um, and if this is the trajectory that he's starting on now, it's amazing. I mean, it's just, just absurd. The, the fact that, it, like, talking about his batting for two seconds, like, that he can, on on 87, mm. have the, the balls to to reverse ramp, whatever you want to call it, that ridiculous shot off Anderson. Absolutely ridiculous. To have the... Um, uh... the just the, the nerves are still to even try that is, is amazing. Um and then he did it off Joffre as well. I mean, he had his eyes closed, and it was a bit, a bit, bit less confident in that one. Yeah. I'd say. Um, but to even try it off someone like Joffre is like crazy. Like, what, where do you get the, just even the, the, the thinking to even attempt that? It's amazing. He, he's, um, yeah, he's such an so, he's such an adventurous batsman. He's he's someone that on his day he will go absolutely nuts. But when he has a shit moment, I feel like he cops a lot of unfair criticism at times. Like if he fails, like there is, there is so much criticism waiting to latch onto him. But then when he performs, I feel like the adulation or the praise isn't as high. I don't know. Is this, has it always been this some kind of dislike towards Vishal Pan? Like, I, I, I mean, I don't dislike him. I think he's great. But amongst Indian fans and amongst, I don't know, like the top tier of their selectors, like they just feel there's, there's always this tension around Rishabh Pan. I, I can't, I can't, Maybe I'm maybe I'm seeing seeing something completely different, but I just feel like there's always this sort of um, okay, we'll give him another game. All right, we'll give him another game. There's that sort of attitude towards him. I think you're probably right. Up until the Australia tour, there was a lot of that. Yeah. Um, and there was a lot of you know a lot of sort of a held view that the kid was talented. There's no doubt about that. But whether he really had decided he wanted to grasp the opportunity given to him, mm. I don't think that was really clear or not. Um, he was a bit overweight. You know, he could bat an instinct, but, you know, there's so many guys that have insane talent and never fulfill it because they're not willing to put in the hard work. And there's yeah. a bit of that, I guess, that's what people felt. Um, and that's why when he dropped a catch or did poorly, to be like, oh, here we go again. Here's this, this sort of ungrateful kid that's been given such a great opportunity. And he's not really taking it with both hands. But um, I think mm-hmm. the Australia tour was transformative. Transformative. He, he came back, he was told his fitness wasn't good enough. Mm. And, he, and, he, and he literally has worked his ass off to the point where he nearly won them the Sydney test. Yep. He won them the Brisbane test. Oh, yes. And he made vital contributions mm. leading up to his 100 in the um, in the fourth test. And now, I think now it's at a point where people realize that this is, this is a really special cricketer in the making and this is one that has decided that he wants to have the best possible career that he can have. Um, and there was a bit of that with Coley as well when he was a lot younger, supremely talented, but mm. you know, a bit mouthy, a bit chubby. And then he, like the 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 switch flicked, 
Um, and the fire started burning and he was like, yep, I want to be the world's best. And I'm, I think there's a bit of that with Richard Part now where he's like, yes, I know what I can do mm. and I know the work that I have to do to actually get there. And I think with that, the critics slowly start to be silenced and be that those critics in the commentary box or sitting in the crowd. Mm. No, beautifully said, beautifully said. Um, you know, I think, yeah. We, oh, thank you. <laughs> no dramas. I think where Richard Punt is going is uh, definitely a good good upward tick and let's just hope he uh, keeps going the way he is going. I certainly love watching him bat. Um, he's very, very entertaining, that's for sure. Moving on to some other parts of cricket. Now, this is obviously a game that hasn't been receiving much publicity, but it deserves an honourable mention. Test Cricket's newest members, Afghanistan, uh, recently concluded a two-test series against uh, Zimbabwe. And it turned... Oh, was it only a two-test series? Yes, only... That's a shame. Yeah, only a two... Because, you know, the ICC... Tied at, tied at 1-1. What's that? Tied at 1-1. That's a shame. It was 1-1. I know. A third, a third test would have been fantastic. But yes, a two-test series... Uh, between Afghanistan and Zimbabwe has recently concluded in Abu Dhabi in the uh, UAE and it was actually a very, very interesting series. Most notably was the fight of the Afghanis in the second test where they amassed 545 for four wickets with some of their you know, experienced guys, the likes of... Uh, we had... Um, well, Hashmatullah Shahidi. Shahidi, that's right. 200. The first ever, yeah, it's first 200 mm. by an Afghanistani in Test cricket. Mm. And a skipper ask Afghan making 100, the first ever 150 mm, mm, mm. in Test cricket. So some 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 big milestones there mm. for the lads. Yeah, amazing. I think Afghanistan has so much talent as a, as a team, right? Like, there's no, make no mistake, this isn't the strongest Zimbabwe have ever been, nor will it. Nor is it, it's probably the best team they can field right now with everything going on. Um, mm. I think it's great to just have them back in Test cricket. Mm. Um, and there is some great talent on the, on the Zimbabwean side as well. But yeah, the Afghanistani side has some really, really good players, some really strong players. Um, and I think that they're only going to get better as a, as a Test nation. Um, I mean... And of course, they've got, some, they've got their trump card in Rashid Khan. A man who's been 22 for four years, but <laughs> besides the point. That would be for a lot of discussion on um, his age for a long time, for sure. But look, regardless of age, um, uh, yeah, no, Rashid Khan bowled phenomenally. And I think we also saw the stats on Cricket Info on Instagram. Um, 99 overs, was it? He bowled 99 overs um, in that. How do you, was it the second? How do you bowl 99 overs in a game. He bowled, he bowled more overs than his last two BBLs combined. Yeah, he did. 99 overs in. In three do- three days or four let's, days. Let's do the quick maths it's here. Absurd. It's. Um, I think it was the second test. The second test. Quick maths. Second test. Rashid Khan first innings he bowled thirty six point three overs, and then Zimbabwe following on. Yeah, it's ninety nine point five. Sixty two point five overs. So yeah, ninety eight overs he bowled. Phenomenal. He literally bowled an entire. And that is the most overs by a bowler since two thousand, and the second most since I believe Jim Late. I'm pulling this off the top of my head, mm. which tells you that extreme problems I have as a person that I can do this is but I think it's Look, I know you call it a sickness the, the most he's bowled since <laughs> it is a sickness yeah it is since Jim Laker I don't know what year but I think Jim Laker bowled 107 oh, in a game Man, you make um, me laugh bro yeah, that's fine <laughs> I could be wrong I think that's what it is but that's that is what it is from memory um, yeah, yeah. but anyway that's that's amazing you took what 11 for the game mm. um, yeah amazing amazing that he's Where able to bowl see? that um, in Afghanistan yeah. Probably, probably a bit too early to ask this question, considering that we need to do a li- bit more research into Afghani cricket. But, I mean, look, you know, the first test they played as a as a regulation Minnow side, you know, being bundled out for uh, 
what do you what, what you got here? Yeah, they were bundled out for one thirty one and then one thirty five. So it was literally like an they were doing a bit of an England in the first test. Um, Where was this? Was this was this the was this the day night testing or in, in against Zimbabwe? You mean? Yeah, Zimbabwe, Zimbabwe. Yeah, yeah. So the first test, um, yeah. the one that Zimbabwe won comfortably by ten wickets. You know, Afghanistan literally played like. A... I think I think you're gonna get that. You're gonna get that with Afghanistan games where they have absolute worldies um, and play really, really, really well, mm. um, and then um, games where they just get absolutely smashed, um, and that'll happen. That's that's just gonna happen. They're a young side, and Test cricket is naturally a step up, right? It's not just this, it's well, not the same as first class cricket. I don't know if they're an entirely young side. I mean, the captain Asghar Afghan is. Um, he's... I mean, young in terms of experience. Oh yeah, yeah. They're, they're all they're all like thirty. They're, some of them are quite old. Yes, yeah. they've been been around for a while. But I think that the step up to Test cricket is is something you can't replicate, right? The only mm. way you're going to get better is just get games into you, and that'll come. I just hope, just on a completely different topic, that the ICC gives Afghanistan and Ireland equal opportunities in terms of Test cricket. Because yeah. I feel like right now, Afghanistan is really the ICC's baby in terms of oh look look at us growing the game, and Ireland have been in the queue and waiting. They are they are a Test nation now, but they've been in the queue and waiting and really ready to go for for a lot longer than Afghanistan have. Yeah. Um, and I feel like sometimes Irish cricket is just thrown on the wayside and there are some gun cricketers there as well. So I really hope they keep growing. And and I like, like I, I don't know about you, I'd love to go see a bloody Ireland, Ireland play a test match if they came to Australia. 100%. If they came to Melbourne and played at like the Junction, I'd, I'd absolutely go. 100%. Same with Afghanistan. I just hope they really start giving these guys opportunities. There was, like, the, the only way the game's going to get better is if they push them. If you just have the big four, England, Australia, New Zealand, and India playing each other in revolving games, then you're yeah. just gonna have, it's going to get boring. I mean, well, I don't know, but you get high-quality cricket, but obviously it doesn't give everyone else a fair chance. I mean, I think there was actually an Afghanistan-Australia test match scheduled last summer, um, obviously called yeah, off. Yeah, COVID caused that. Of, yeah, so we, that would have been really, really cool. I was actually really looking forward to that. But, yeah, that would have been interesting. You know, Afghanistan have been a nation that have always shown promise for cricket. Um, you know, where do you where do you see Afghanistan in the future? I mean, maybe it's a maybe it's a highly speculative que- question. Um, but I remember that. It's very hard. I mean, but but you know, they're a nation that have often caused big scares on the world stage. I remember in the World Cup, they um, they almost defeated Sri Lanka. Um, but then again, I think anyone can defeat Sri Lanka these days. <laughs> But... Hey, you said it, not me. Um, no, I agree. I was going to say something really similar. I think if you're right now, if you're a test nation like in Australia or whoever it might be, versing Afghanistan, I'd be a little worried because you don't really know what you're going to get. Mm. Um, you could, you could, and there's no disrespect losing to them, mm. but I think you'd be pretty disappointed if you're, say, Australian, you lost to Afghanistan in a test match, but. I think if anyone could do it, they could. They've got enough natural talent. There's some really talented cricketers who could just all have a day out, and you're like, oh, well, shit. You know, Rashid Khan's just taken seven for ten. He's just mm. turned it on. Mm. Um, or their batsmen have just absolutely that like gone really well and made a big score, and suddenly you're like, well, you know, they've got a lot, they've got a lot of X-factor players, I think, and that's why I'd be worried if I'm coming up against them. It's no easy, just an easy park it. Yep, we've got a win here, lads. I think you'd have to take them really, really seriously. Now, that's probably the best um, endorsement or compliment that you can give Afghani cricket is yeah. that they're not easy beats. Some guys that I've kept my eye on, um, players like uh, Ramit Shah, 
and um, Ramit Shah's a good. He's a good. He's a good bat. He's bat bats number three for the Afghanis, and um, he's quite solid in defence. Has he looks like a Test batsman at times. Um, very very nice player. The captain Asghar Afghan. He's a good leader. Guys like obviously Hashim Atullah Shahidi, who I think scored that double ton. There are all these guys that show a lot of promise. Um, and you know, I just hope this is not. This is the only uh, rise uh, with Afghani cricket. But it's important we touch on that, um, you know, and, and make sure that every nation that plays test cricket gets a fair go and we get to see the best of them perform day in, day out. Once again, viewers, well, it looks like we've actually come to the end of another episode. We've had we have lots to discuss. We uh, on. promise to be back <laughs> in, in less time between the last episode and this yeah. one. Um, there'll be plenty to cover as well. Don't worry. Yeah, we're sorry if we sound a little bit tired or a bit um, a bit out of it, but uh, we'll only get better from here. Uh, excuse me. Well, speak for yourself. <laughs> sorry, I'm absolutely buzzing. So, Sanjay's always buzzing. He's always ready. He's always ready to go. I've uh, I've actually been a little bit sick the past couple of days. I'm all good now. Is it COVID? Did you get a test? Huh? No, as long as the COVID. Did you get tested? I did get tested, and oh, okay. I, you know I'm. Oh, you did? did? Okay, I'm just making did, sure you're doing civic yeah, duty. Yeah. Everyone needs no, to know on this podcast. I, I've, t- I've definitely come out negative. It's the only negative news I want to see. I'll tell you what, all our listeners, that wraps it up here today on the Off The Mark Career Podcast. Uh, we thank you for those of you that have made it this far and have, have kept listening into us. Uh, we look forward to your company next time when we have a lot more cricket to discuss and uh, we hope to have you all back then. Bye for now. Thank you.